0: Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hello, sir. Hey. And hello to you out in the world, dear listeners. And thank hello. you. Well, by the way, this is Apocalypse Now. Hi, how are you? Uh, yes. So we've talked on on the show before about how Dustin is really, really good with social media, Mm -hmm. uh, and I have not been for a while, just because I had a job for four years where basically meant, you know, I was driving most of the time, and social media while driving is a bad idea. Yes. Um, But, so I really got out of the habit of doing it. Um, But we have a Twitter account and a Facebook account, and the last couple of posts I've made to Twitter about this episode the previous episodes have just gotten a ton of impressions oh. and really um so for the folks who uh, apparently discovered us cuz they're stuck at home and need something to listen to welcome we appreciate Hi. we thank you for listening we hope you are have enjoyed what you've listened to so far i can see that we've had a spike in our episodes that have been played uh, for the last several weeks. so We're very nice. Well, uh, hmm, Tim's I'm, very nice. I'm nice-ish, and then there's you. Uh, <laughs> we have Dustin's nice, too. just <laughs> In a different way. In a different way. So, But yeah, welcome, folks. Uh, we appreciate you listening, and we hope that you are enjoying it. Uh, for those of you who are new to the show, um, we do this because we enjoy it. So basically, you know, Dustin and I are friends and we live in different states now. So to some degree, if you ever noticed an episode where we go off on a tangent, it's because we're friends and we get to do that. So, yes. And, hope. you know, like
1: uh, we live 600 miles away from each other now after living less than two miles away from each other for 13 years. Huh. And so sometimes we end up talking about weird stuff because this is our only chance to talk. And, you know, so we got to gotta do that sometimes.
0: So we hope we're at least entertaining when we go off on a bizarre tangent. Um, And if we're not, well, listen to another episode. We'll entertain you on that one. So (laughs) we'll try anyway. So yeah, um, welcome. We appreciate you guys listening, and we hope that you'll continue to do so. Um, Just a little bit of housekeeping, obviously. Uh, We don't have a next episode that's going to be dealing with the next episode of The Walking Dead. This is the final episode in the season Essentially serving as a season finale because the the planned final episode was not complete when everybody went into lockdown, and and the special effects basically were the reason that this was not completed. AMC's effects team is not localized; they are all over the place, and so this has massively disrupted uh, how all of this has worked. So, uh, uh,
1: but I will say that I think that what we got was a. A decent season finale.
0: It actually was. It was not what we've come to expect from a Walking Dead season finale, which is big, dramatic, um, yeah. super violent, you know, big blowout kind of. Somebody
1: episode. Somebody tertiary dies and, you know, and weird, you know, like there's a, a huge, like, oh, set piece, and mm-hmm. you know, but I think that this worked really well.
0: One of the things I think it did extremely well was that it actually dealt with character beats in a way that still managed to progress the story forward. And we've, there have been several of that, those episodes this season. The Walking Dead has not always had a great track record of doing that. Right. And this was very much an episode where while we still don't have our big confrontation, we did get a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a
1: very, I think very successful, effective cliffhanger.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's an interesting thing to happen, not planned and still managed to make it work. So uh, kudos to the writers for that. Uh, and also giving us some stuff that actually, you know, was character moments that didn't feel forced. Yes, and that's always nice.
1: Well, uh, there was some stuff that uh, we can talk about later, uh, and and see how we how we if we agree or disagree on certain certain character sure. moments. Um, so, who do we want to talk about
0: first? Um, well, there's really there's again it's an episode with both basically four lines. We've got. Um, Beta and the the Walker line. Beta and the Whisperers. (laughs) Which is sort of a 1950s doo-wop band, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't that what it is? Uh, Sure. Sure. We have the folks uh, from Alexandria who are hiding out the hospital line. Yeah. uh, Which is essentially the Carol line.
1: Right. And then there is uh, Eugene and his group mm-hmm. going on their adventure right. and daryl and uh judith right
0: let's start with the the characters that actually are the reason for the cliffhanger ending which is beta and because really there's not a whole lot to beta story aside right. from displaying. Except, yeah go ahead oh so just displaying a certain amount of um crazy yeah he's got the crazy in a way that we have not experienced really before,
1: um, I thought, which I thought was really interesting. Um, so Beta's now the leader of the Whisperers de facto, uh, but he's gone completely crazy uh, to the point where one of his subordinates, they get to Alexandria, and one of his subordinates, they just nobody there. They get to Alexandria, there's nobody there. And one of his subordinates is like, well, we'll follow Alpha wherever he leads. And he looks back at her like, I'm going to kill you. I'm not, I'm not, you know, like you're going to die or whatever. And he, she's like, no, 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 That's not what he meant. And, uh, but then he hears a voice that basically says, not now.
0: So as, as you recall, last episode, he made a mask that is half of Alpha's face. Right. And he's hearing what, it, again, the implication is that he's hearing Alpha's voice. But no,
1: I, but the way that he was doing things, it sounded, because he would turn away from the Alpha side of the mask whenever he heard the voice. I thought I the implication, that. and it did not sound like Alpha's voice to me.
0: No, it's something about Samantha Morton. She's not in this episode at all. Uh, I, like it sounded, it uh,
1: made me think that it was whoever he made the mask out of, the original mask's voice.
0: Uh, that's a possibility too Because he's crazy He's yeah. very crazy But he's also crazy effectively uh, The the basic concept of the Whispers Is kind of all the madness as it is mm-hmm. um, And it was already in many ways Kind of a death cult
1: Right and Absolutely definitely a death cult
0: <laughs> And now no it, kind really, of it. it really is a full blown death cult And so I mean he's leading this giant horde of walkers and listening to the voices in his head, and this, um, which is uh, you know, initially is leading him to Oceanside. Yeah. Through Al- through Alexandria first, but then to Oceanside. Um, and. And meanwhile, Gabriel, uh, uh,
1: not Gabriel, um, Aaron, uh, Aaron, and, and Aiden are following. Are they? They're they're like spying. They're staying a little far back. They're kind of watching what's going on. Uh, trying to kind of gauge what's happening, and whenever they can, they're sending messages back to the others, but their they're, uh, they're walkie-talkies are acting up really badly.
0: Right, which, of course, is you know electronic screeching noises, whether you're walkie-talkie or not something necessarily you want to have mm-hmm. when you're trying to not be uh, heard by vast hordes of undead shambling things. Sure. But... Um, there's a plan that they've put in place essentially, which is they basically moved everybody out of the way and they're expecting him to go to Oceanside. Yeah. And that's actually what they want them to do. And um, we don't know what the plan is at Oceanside Mm -hmm. because there's a reason they want them to go there. I mean, it would take them away from Alexandria, of course. Um, So they're all hiding out at this hospital, but it doesn't really work out quite that way because for whatever, Beta is going through with this voices in his head phase. um, He's paying attention to the world around him and he starts to get the sensation that this is not the choice to make. Right. And so while um, Alden and uh, uh, Aaron are behind them, they realize that they're slowing down and turning.
1: And just about the time that they're about to go back and warn everybody at Alexandria... They're caught by the the whisperers, and that's a that's where they're that'll except for then Beta leads his huge horde plus all of his whisperers up to the hospital where everyone is hiding. Mm-hmm. But we don't see uh, Aiden or Aaron again,
0: right? And interestingly enough, we don't normally see. We have seen whispers with guns before we just saw one last episode but we don't Thanks. see it very often so actually the last shot we see is they're surrounded by whispers and then someone comes into frame with a, with a shotgun but you don't see who's holding the gun so it's the obvious implication is that they've been captured by the whispers right. um but they may not be Based on the fact that don't see them in the final shot in any way, shape, or form, but yeah, it's a pretty dramatic shot, actually. Uh, you know, the parking lot in front of the hospital is filling up with the undead. Um, there's a few there. It's going to be yeah. Uh,
1: it's going to be interesting.
0: The Meanwhile, be-
1: Daryl and uh, and and little ass kicker Judith are wandering around in the woods. Uh, Judith has snuck away from the hospital because she is her brother's sister and how dare you even suggest that she stay where she's supposed to stay.
0: That and she doesn't like all the, the, the smell of cat.
1: Right. And yeah, she says that earlier.
0: Yeah, because I mean, the entire the, the hospital has a very significant cat presence. Right. Uh, and I'm not entirely sure what all the cats are eating. Having two of my own who are pretty
1: what do cat? I mean, cats eat weird shit. You know this. I'm cats living. are responsible for the for thirty percent of all bird deaths in neighborhoods.
0: Also, cats are, well, certainly can be very social creatures, uh, with all the world to run around in. The fact that there are this many cats in the hospital, I'm like, well, sure. I just, okay. Anywho, oh, excuse me. That was a yawn. Uh,
1: not, I did not mean to yawn But there it was um, So she has escaped She's escaped, she found him And he wants to take her back But she's like, no, let me go and we'll do things with you We haven't had an adventure together recently And so He agrees And takes her with him And kind of teaches her some like hunting things Some really good stuff Like, you know uh, The hunter is not a part of the environment So he has to pay attention to what's going on in the environment and, you know, helps her learn kind of teaches her how to track some stuff. And they come across a whisperer who's gathering more walkers. And it turns out it's the woman who accidentally called beta the alpha before. Mm -hmm. And Daryl shoots her and she's falls down and she's dying. And he's asking her questions about, you know, what's happening. And that's where she get, you get the, I was leaving. I love my people, but I was getting out of here. He has gone too crazy. And I don't want to be around that. Right. She is dying and she says, you know, pull this out of me. Pull this arrow out of me. It's not natural. And But don't kill me because I want to walk when, when this is all over. <laughs> so he shoots her in the head yeah. and leaves her there. <laughs> and that really upsets Judith. Uh, because she's like why did you know what if she had a family like you can't just leave somebody like that and he's like look sorry we got stuff going on
0: yeah it's yeah. it's it, you know there's there's a couple of things that that happen here that are reminders that Judith is a child yeah and for all the fact that she is a little last kicker and that she is a, you know, a very effective survivor at her age, and she's quite—you know, she she knows how to use that sword. She's pretty good with a gun, and all these things. She's a little girl, you know. She's she's killed walkers before, but again, right. the first person, the first re- human person, living human person she killed was not that long ago, right? And so, the the seeing other humans die in front of her is still a relatively—you know, she doesn't have that much experience with it. And and not to mention the fact that, you know, Daryl is extremely practical. He's not just going mm-hmm. to leave somebody who could be found by the whisperers and they could, you know, get information from her and and quite frankly, he's not feeling remotely generous in terms of letting the, you know the yeah. Why yeah. why would he, you know, the his reactions are extremely pragmatic. And, right. and he
1: says to her, he said, look. She was dying anyway. I was being, I was already being very good to help, you know, to do this, to kill her because she was dying.
0: But this is not, this is a hard conversation to have with a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, even one as as smart as Judith is. And again, Daryl is someone who, because of his own background, he actually seems to interact with kids very much more easily than he does, certainly originally okay. back when we, when he was introduced to the show, we interact with adults, which leads to this nice scene where, where, you know, Judith is, is upset about this. And they actually have a conversation where he's, he's not sugar. He's incredibly kind mm-hmm. incredibly. he's he's like, Daryl would make a great dad. Um, but he's also would be the kind of dad who would sit there and never tell you, um, That there is a Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Because he's like, you know, he I'm I'm never gonna lie to you. And this is great. Right. Possibly traumatic for a child. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's funny because we just, I just recently, you know, Easter's coming up. Mm -hmm. And the other day, Jamila was like, can we dye eggs? And I was like, no, we can't dye eggs. Why would we want to do that? And so then she went to spend some time at my sister-in-law's house and came back with, like, a whole thing of dyed eggs. She's like, look, we dyed eggs. And I told my, my sister-in-law that at that time, I was like, look, I'm really glad you're around because none of that stuff is stuff that I like to do or would be interested in doing. Because, like I did, I was just like, what? Dye eggs? How, why? <laughs> Don't be silly. But she got, you know, so I feel like I'm a little bit of that, a little bit of that weird. You know, I'm not going to lie to you, kind of. You know, parent, right? Well, and, I uh, hope that.
0: Well, not you know, not don't lie about the important things, right? <clears throat> well, because Judith is is talks about you know being a feel being afraid of losing family, mm-hmm. and so Daryl tries to reassure her because she's like, "You know, I I called your mom and and told her to stay away." She was. did you talk to her he goes no but but hopefully she heard me she goes because i did Mm -hmm. and so we finally get this you know connecting back to the the final michonne episode where we see her having the conversation with judith and she explains that she's not coming back or she's not coming back now Mm -hmm. Um, she does leave out the uh the fact that michonne kind of said you know there's a chance your dad is alive
1: yeah i thought that was a little strange but I also get it. Like, why would you know? Because because of what she says next, which is, I was afraid. I didn't want to tell you because I was afraid you would leave too. Right. And I get that because if 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 Judith had said she thinks she's found a lead on my dad, Daryl would immediately try and go and find. You know that makes a lot of sense to me.
0: And that so that actually plays out pretty well. But it is also a moment for them to have this connection where Daryl says, look, you know, I'm, I'm not going to leave you. And when she says, do you promise? He goes, no, no, I don't promise because I can't. Mm -hmm. And, um, and people, you know, people leave and your heart gets broken, but it doesn't mean it's going to stay broken. And you've got a bigger Mm -hmm. family than you know, and there will be, I love this. He said, there are people who will do anything for you, and someday you'll have to do anything for them. And it was a nice little kind of, you know, um, talking about the really kind of the core family unit that has developed with yeah. the, the major Walking Dead characters over time, how that's grown and works in and in a lot of ways. A lot of what this episode was about was family.
1: Hmm. Well because there's a little tiny tiny bit of of with with uh with Carol and uh and little where they're trying to like hotwire a car for some reason. I don't know what their mission was. I was not paying that much attention. Uh, they
0: were getting some wiring trying to get for uh so, so they could do some radio work for Luke, which I guess was part of the problem with the with the walkie-talkies. Right. Uh
1: and 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 Carol says to her like I'm so sorry. You must hate me. And and a little hearing aid's like, no, no, I don't hate you. I understand like you, you know, my, I, when I first started becoming, you know, losing my hearing, my sister said it was a superpower. I didn't believe her, but now I've taught everybody in our community some sign language. And so we're able to be quiet well, all this is going on. I said, there are things that she. and then she goes, there are things that you, only you are able to do. And I've heard some of those things. I've heard about some of those things. So, you know, just you focus on you being a badass. And I love that somebody actually said that to Carol.
0: <laughs> you know? Well, and it, it, it might mean that we're not going to have this wallowing Carol doom thing. Um,
1: I feel like we are going to, we'll know that Carol is back on the up and up when she cuts her hair. (laughs) I really, I feel like that. I really feel like that. I think that Carol, we're going to see a scene where Carol, like looking in a mirror or something and the next thing we know, she's going to come out. She's going to have classic Carol hair and we're going to be like, there she is.
0: It's the reverse Samson. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's actually a uh, uh, kind of a nice, uh, kind of nice little bit. It was a nice moment between somebody who could have been very, very
1: upset with her,
0: justifiably upset with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that was important that we actually get this because, again, I just don't want this to drag out to the Carol, the Carol no trauma thing. Congo.
1: Oh, and I love that she's like, you know, she's like, "I got your sister killed." <laughs> she's like, "You know, you didn't. She's alive." No, you didn't.
0: <laughs> you know. Well, even even Kelly, uh, who is the real name of of the character, um, folks. If you're new to the show, Dustin renames characters uh, mostly because he doesn't remember names.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, sometimes sometimes it's hard.
0: And sometimes the names are amazing. Um, you know, Beth Beth's uh, daughter Fodder was for a couple of years just the perfect name for that character.
1: R.I.P. Beth.
0: Yeah, and we came yeah. to really, we came to really love Beth, but uh, not initially. Um, so, but yeah, it, it's Kelly is she's also realistic. She knows that there's a very good chance her sister is dead, but she's choosing not to believe that.
1: <laughs>
0: and that's something I just. We don't get a lot of time with this character. Most of the time, we see Kelly with her sister. That's <laughs> where the interaction happens, and that's you know. This was actually really nice to get her out on her own with another character and actually have, you know, especially, you know, instead of it turning into, you know, I hate you, Carol. Right. Um, Because then we get the I hate you scene between uh, Negan and, of course, the daughter of the woman he just chopped the head off of.
1: And I just, oh my gosh, I'm not happy with what is going on here with Negan. Because, like, the thing is, like, you know, he's, like, wandering around in the hospital, and then uh, he goes up to Lydia, and he's like, have you eaten anything? And she's like, you just get away from me! I'm a teen! And uh, and he's like, if it just for if it's worth anything, I just wanted you to know that I actually did like your mom. And, I mean, I'm with her like, what? Come on. Like, come on, Negan. And then the whole, like, you know, uh, I'm just, you know, want to do good now. Want to be a good guy. Like, you know that I've never been... Particularly excited about the way that they have written him. Sure. Like I never liked. I mean, you know, but but that was part of who Negan was supposed to be. Like all the I I've you know he was supposed to be this braggadocious, larger than life, you know, complete jerk asshole. You know, and. While I didn't I did not like the character, I felt like that was how you were supposed to react to him mm-hmm. you know the 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 brilliance of Jeffrey D Morgan's performance in that part is that people like because I recognized him immediately as who he was, you know, that Bojock, you know, like just you know, never really got over calling people faggot, Mm. you know, kind of guy. And so the people like me who are like, oh, we all, we had that initial reaction to him of like, oh, this is not the dude, you know? Right. And I feel like now they're trying to soften him. And I think that it would be a disservice to soften that character. I think he still needs to be, yeah, I'm an asshole. Yeah, I, you know, I killed your mom because she needed killing. You know, and eventually he does say that to her.
0: But you know, mm-hmm. I don't. See, I don't. I didn't get the sense that he was. He's trying to be now. I'm a good guy, and and I think that that in this case, I didn't have an issue with it because it's, she's a child. She's yeah. a teenager, but she's still a kid, and this. Kids are Negan's, you know. uh, Yeah, yeah. He's he just does not accept. You know, put the kid, put a kid in danger, and Negan is going to be angry. I mean, even going back, you know, the 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 idea that he would hurt Carl, where where Rick thought that Negan would hurt Carl, genuinely shocked him, because like, why would I hurt a child? And then, of course, you know the whole. Uh... <laughs>
1: then Carl spent an entire season giving him reasons why he should hurt him. <laughs> well, there's that
0: too. Um, <laughs> but you know, and then of course, one of the things that that whole bit with with explaining to Daryl why he even did this for last episode, which is because you guys don't hurt kids. Mm-hmm. And and so, I think that if it had been if it had been an adult, the scene would have played differently. Yeah. But he still sees her as a, as a child, even though she's a teenager. She's a, you know, she's a young adult. She's, you know, basically, you know, a couple more years. And he'd look at her and go, sorry, your mom's dead. She had to die. Um, mm-hmm. She was yeah. terrible and had to kill her. Uh, but also there's this outsider sense that he's got with her because they're still, both of them are in many ways still on the right. And
1: them. they kind of bonded a little bit over that before, before all this happened.
0: Right, and she's lashing out and saying that everybody here still hates you, which is true, by the way. Um, Negan is not everybody's hero. Um, but at the same time, a lot of what she's saying is because she's very angry with him. Mm-hmm. And she's also angry because she wants to hate her mom, and she can't. Right. And she wants she wants to be okay that her mom is dead, but she's not. And the guy who killed her, she can't argue with his reasons for doing it
1: mm-hmm. because
0: she knows they're good. And so i I really enjoyed this scene now that doesn't say you're that doesn't say you're wrong because if this is the continuing arc we get with negan i would say i would agree with you because he should always be the kind of his first instinct should always be to say the thing he thinks is funny Mm. which is often not (laughs) right uh, and, and is, he's often, you know, far too blunt for his own good, et cetera, et cetera. But no, I, I, we don't want to soften him too much. He's too, he's right. too interesting a character. And besides, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan can, I'm sure, you know, he's done, st- I've seen him do stuff where he's, you know, can do quite, you know.
1: Yeah. He's got levels. He's a good, I mean, he's
0: a very good character. But Negan should always be a little bit of an asshole. Mm-hmm. And and it should come forward, but I think that I I liked these scenes. I, a lot of what I liked about it was the fact that he was talking about his wife a lot, without talking about his wife. You know, talking about you know you you don't get to say goodbye, you don't get you know the things you don't get to do, and that's he he's talking about the character that he talks about all the time whenever he talks about loss and pain. He's mm-hmm. only he, he's almost only ever talking about his wife, and. Um, so I like this stuff. Now, and of course, it ends with the, you know, he keeps telling her, hit me. You gotta hit me, what? You should, yeah. just, you should just hit me. Um, and yeah. finally she does. And uh, you know, they hug it out. And uh, I, I would be okay with these two becoming a father-daughter surrogate, um, to some degree. Um, I don't think, I you know, you don't necessarily think you want Negan to babysit the kids. No. I'm, saying, I'm not sure that would be a good thing, but uh, these two I can see actually kind of having a, forming a little bit of a family unit. Um,
1: well, we'll just have to see how things go yeah. um, in the next season of The Walking Dead. Um, so the last story of the night is Eugene and his team meeting up with Princess. Yes. Who I think is a delight.
0: They, however, do not think so. So Eugene, Yumiko, and uh, Ezekiel um, are not necessarily fans, or not at all fans, or the opposite of fans? Uh, Um, Well, they just
1: don't know what to think of her because she's crazy. She's been alone in the city for over a year. That's kind of badass, actually. Like, how did she do that? Like, you know, She's, she even is like, oh, there's not really that many walkers around anymore. So she's just been wandering around the city killing walkers and putting them in dioramas for by herself for over a year.
0: And she's gone a little crazy in the meantime. In the pro- A little crazy. I think that we would all go a little crazy. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. People are complaining now about being stuck at home and, and not being able to go out. And that's just only a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we still don't have an answer, by the way, of why the city is so empty.
1: Oh, I think the princess has been wandering around killing them.
0: No, no. Before then. Oh. I mean, that is, you know, if there hasn't been, where where are the rest of the people? Where are the, you know, where, what happened to all the walkers that would be in a big city area? Where'd they all go?
1: Well, I mean, I guess if you think about it, you know, the nature of the beast is that they kind of wander around. And so, you know, and they've said, and remember back in season two, that, you know, like one walker will, they're heard. One walker will notice something happening over, you know, over there and start walking that way. And all the others will be like, oh, I guess we're going this way now.
0: Sure, sure. But where are the other survivors in this big city? This is Philadelphia.
1: Nah, I don't know.
0: I mean, you know, it's uh, it's not a it's not a small place.
1: <laughs> well, I can't, I can't, I can't speak to that, Timothy. Um, but I remember, just, did you I, ever read? Of course, you read uh, World War Z. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole section in World War Z about the government or the the military going in and finding people who were who were doing the last man on Earth thing, like who had thought you know were in their cities and they had cleared out all the zombies and, or a lot of the zombies and we're now just the only people left there, you know, in huge, large cities. So sure. maybe they're saying that maybe it's, you know, we're supposed to infer that there was a huge, you know, Philadelphia had a huge, you know, the outbreak took care of a lot of people. And then a lot of people fled the city. And then the herd mentality of the walkers created, uh, a mass exodus of those, which basically left Princess alone, or mostly alone, or completely alone. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's just
0: I'd be kind of. I kind of hope there's a uh, <clears throat> kind of hope there's an explanation for it soon because we don't we don't get into cities very often in The Walking mm-hmm. Dead anymore, and the cities we get into are so curiously out in the middle of the woods.
1: Right. Uh,
0: Uh, The fact that we have as much inside city uh, location shots here where it actually feels like we're actually in a city um, is kind of nice. Of course, then we have to go off into the minefield. And all I can think to myself is, wait, minefield? Minefield? Why?
1: getting into like the princess had a lot of time on her hands
0: <laughs> except that it wasn't her minefield
1: I mean you know who knows maybe maybe there's a whole story about princess doing weird stuff like oh there's got to be
0: because princess is all about the weird stuff she does not she leads them into the minefield without telling them it's a minefield and they're understandably yeah. a little upset about this um they already don't trust her because she shot, she shot off her gun and, and killed some walkers, and their horses ran away. Right. And apparently one of their horses decided to run to the minefield and get blown up, which they didn't hear.
1: Well, of course, we, we discovered also that she was kind of leading them around in circles, because she was just having so much fun with people <laughs> um, being around. You know, all Because the horses get spooked and run away, and she's like, I can take you to a place where there's vehicles... And, and they're like, oh, okay, awesome. And so then she leads them on this long track through a minefield and all sorts of stuff. And then when they get there, Eugene's like, wait a minute, we've passed this road before. And she's like, oh, no, 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 we didn't. She's like, yeah, yeah, we did. And he's like, okay, fine, we did. Uh, I was just having so much fun. I didn't want it to end. And I was afraid you were going to leave and blah, 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 blah.
0: And, and so... At this point, Yumiko has been basically going... Giving her murder death eyes, like for most of the episode, she right. thinks Princess is crazy and is dangerous, and this is a terrible idea. And at this point, she's like, "I'm gonna kill you now yeah. <laughs> because I'm gonna kill you now <laughs>
1: because you just you just need it." I just need to do it. I've had a very rough couple of days and it's time for you to go.
0: (laughs) And Princess is like, so I'd like to apologize for the mistakes that have been made. (laughs) And and then she basically gives us Eugene's backstory. Mm -hmm. um, From a point of view of someone who is... Visually, this is a weird thing, of course, because this is, this plays into, to, to, and I really kind of thought about this as I was watching it. This plays into perceptions of people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Eugene looks and sounds a certain way. It right. plays up certain stereotypes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Eugene talks the way he talks. Uh, you know, he's, he's got this sort of, uh, uh, s- uh southern nerd geek thing going on yeah he's 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 a little overweight you know he's helpless when we meet him all of these things it plays into a stereotype right yeah and part of that is intentional um and it gives you a chance to grow to like eugene when you realize that he's incredibly insecure incredibly afraid um he is extremely smart Uh, But it takes us quite a few seasons for us to like Eugene. Right, yes. And to develop into the character where he's, you see that this is, a lot of this is stuff that he's, this is a shell he's built around him. Uh, Because he's aware of what he, who and what he is, right? He's, he has no illusions. Um, And yet we do, we end up liking Eugene. And he ends up being someone who is a member of this Walking Dead family princess is a from a and i'm you know from a male heterosexual point of view which is mine um she's a very attractive woman Mm. and yet she has the same insecurities the same you know her personality she people told her that her personality drove people away yeah and you know the way she talks and the way she is and and all these things and so it's a really nice kind of moment to sit there when Eugene walks up and pats her on the shoulder and says, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've, you know, I've been there. I feel your pain. I'm sorry you went through that. And it's, you know, it's one thing to sit there and look at Eugene and lean into that stereotype. And everybody did it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a different stereotype that, that, somebody could play with, with princess the crazy hot manic pixie dream girl kind of yeah. thing. Um, and yet they actually give her a moment to be a person in her, you know, the really the first episode she's in of any kind of length and make her, I, I, I personally found her to be very relatable mm. in those moments, much more than the boing, 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 I'm so happy to see everybody. It's the sort of just, you know, I don't know how to talk to people right now. Yeah, I really like it. It's been I, a very long time. I really liked that whole sequence. Um, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about her when the first ten minutes of the episode, and I was like, oh, I like her. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's grown on me pretty quickly. I hope I hope they continue to write her write her well because I, I really enjoyed the the right before they get to uh, where they where they find the, the warehouse with the wheels. Yeah, which is bicycles. The a very very useful t- tool in the zombie apocalypse, uh, especially concerning that all the gas is, is bad guys. All the gas is bad. <laughs> we haven't had to say that in a long time. So yay, bicycles! Right, and and
1: Yumiko looks at her like, "What are you talking about?" And like, just like you brought us to bicycles, and and but but by now I guess both both. Uh, Eugene and Ezekiel are on Princess's side because Ezekiel's just like she said wheels, she didn't or vehicles, she didn't say cars, right? So
0: (laughs) and um, yeah, so and they decide that you know maybe uh, maybe she should come with them. Yeah, and Yumiko is actually the one to walk over there and say you know why don't you come with us? And, which is a nice little touch there. Um, yeah. And of course, princess is like, yes, I will go wherever you want me to go with you. Thank you. Can I please? <laughs> and it's a nice moment. I, I, I like princess. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, I'm curious to see if we get the next step. She wants to go back to where she has her stuff so she can get their food and, and some of the other things that she's got there. And I'm kind of curious if we get, if we get a chance to see some of that, I want to see the, where does Princess live? <laughs> what
1: does Princess have? What is Princess's stuff? Know. You know, like well, because I remember in the first leg, she's like candy, and and Eugene perks up. And she's oh like, yeah. hair dye and. Like.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, uh, I don't know. She's a nice introduction in uh, character to inter- introduce, and I think it works. I think this episode. Um, considering that you know, again, it was not planned to be the season finale.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Managed to do quite a bit in terms of advancing important character things, so that when the when the show does come back, when we get the what is probably going to be a, a special episode before in between seasons, uh, the way it's looking now, it looks like um, hey, great character ones feel how you feel about these people remind mm-hmm. you why they're wonderful, and oh, now somebody's going to die. Right. So, which is the model, of course. It's the Walking Dead model. It's the way we do things here. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I actually quite enjoyed it.
1: I also did.
0: Now, was that all the stuff that you thought that uh, you weren't terribly well, thrilled about?
1: Well, the Negan thing mainly, I wanted to, I wanted to talk it out. hmm You know, because I really was worried. I didn't want, you know, him to become everybody's grandpa.
0: I can't see him becoming everybody's grandpa. Right. <laughs> I, I I understand. I just like I said. I, I think it's I think it's a question of her being a kid. I think overall the episode works. The episode works. I think it's yeah,
1: a, a very effective final uh, season finale. Actually, with a good cliffhanger and and uh, a strong performances from the entire cast.
0: Periodically, The Walking Dead does not necessarily give you the moments to have the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Um dealt with, well, okay, so a lot of times they'll do the aftermath, but they'll stretch it out over a lot of episodes. Someone's trauma, right? Yeah. And sometimes that works really well. Um, everything with Sadiq, dealing with survivor guilt and trauma and that sort of thing, that actually played out pretty well, but there have been times they haven't done it well at all. Um, and so getting to have some of those moments in this episode, and yet having some of that resolution in this episode, um, sort of clears the board for what we're obviously going into which is phase two of the whisperer war where you. you know here come all the dead people um so we'll have to wait and see there's no currently no news about when the new this episode the this final episode of the fi- the finalized final episode will air mm-hmm. um we're in that place where we just don't know when things are going to happen right. uh, fear the walking dead is supposedly coming back this summer we're still waiting to hear whether or not it actually is. Did you see the new trailer?
1: I did not. I saw that it was out. I just hadn't had to have a chance to watch it yet.
0: I have the same problem. So our apologies, folks. We should be talking about that trailer this episode. We could talk about it next week. We can. Uh and uh
1: I think we should talk about some of the other other horror slash zombie uh uh media we have been uh, consuming over the the last. Also, because I watch other shows besides Fear the or The Walking Dead. Sure. Um, and and we can talk about some of those. And I think you know we talked about it with her a little bit last week. I think that we should invite our friend Sabrina to join us.
0: We, you know what? I think we can do that, folks. If you haven't met Sabrina, she is a joy, and we will bring her. See if we can bring her on the show the next episode, or if not that episode, then one of the upcoming ones. Because she's a lot of fun. So if, uh, yeah, that's what we'll do. So if you would like to give us your thoughts about this episode or other episodes of The Walking Dead this season, like I said, at the beginning of the show, you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Facebook, Zompocalypse Now or Zompocalypse N if you want to do Twitter handles. Um, And uh, by all means, please follow us, share the show. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you again. Um, But, if you enjoyed it, let other people know, and we'd love to grow our listeners. It's always a cool thing. As always, we would love to hear from you. And as always, thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. And thank you, folks, for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey for Just Some Guy Productions.